This is Jason, and you're listening to episode five of the Grace Station podcast. You can find all of our episodes and links to our social media accounts at thegracestation.com. I want to thank you for downloading and listening to today's episode. We're going to take a step away from the book of Colossians, and we're going to talk for just a few minutes about uh, grace and behavior. Okay, we have these presuppositions that we bring with us from Paul's letter to the people at Colossae, where we have learned that we are God's saints, that we have faith, we have hope, we have love, and that if we participate, or as we participate, we can receive further truth, further wisdom, and further insight uh, from God himself, that these are the expected experiences for the believer, that we are redeemed, that we are made righteous, that we are given his life, and that we are accepted by him. And so when we talk about grace, we up front talk about all of the benefits that we receive because we have trusted Jesus Christ, the the free gifts that come to us uh, because we are now in eternal relationship with with God and these are not earned these are not uh, uh, something that we can merit this is uh, the most uh, familiar definition of grace is God's unmerited favor that means uh, God's love and forgiveness and mercy and relationship which cannot be earned cannot be deserved and so when we jump off from there and we start thinking about behavior it really does kind of a number to our religious kind of traditional view of behavior uh, for those of us who may have been raised with a concept of God that was different than a gracious loving kind merciful God we may view behavior as a set of do's and don'ts a set of rules a set of regulations for living and uh, if we approach scripture that way if that's how we primarily view scripture it's very easy to feel like that's exactly what we're getting from Scripture. As we read through the Scriptures, there are obvious times when God speaks about being holy, and there are times when God talks about obedience, and He talks about uh, following Him and obeying. But, but what does that mean in the context of grace? I think it would be best understood uh, this way. Um, the behaviors that God would desire for us are exactly what what I just said, what he desires for us because he loves us so much. They are less expectations and more hope-filled promises. And what I mean by that is when God tells us that he values honesty and goodness and kindness and mercy and truthfulness and purity. Um, did I say truthfulness twice or did I say honesty? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I'm probably not going to edit that either. Just leave it in there, um, just to be honest. <laughs> um, what he's revealing to us is the very best types of behaviors for us. And so when God in his scriptures says for us to do a thing or to be a thing or to say a thing or to not do or to not be or to not say, he's not putting those there in front of us so that we can live miserable, boring, unfun, you know, oh my goodness, nose to the grindstone lives. No, he's, he's saying to us, for the best 
quality of life, the best life experience, to experience life like I do, these are the behaviors that you are now qualified and prepared by me to experience. Uh, I've made you honest. I've made you loving. I've made you kind. I've put my Holy Spirit inside of you. And so we can love people and we can care for people and we can help people. In other words, the the blessings of behavior are, are ours to have now. And so rather than viewing myself as a liar who would prefer to lie, except God's told me that I better tell the truth, and so I grit my teeth and I tell the truth, I view myself as a son of the king who now loves righteousness and truth. I'm prepared in my heart to tell the truth and to be honest and to be open. And now I go out and I do that and I experience that aspect of God's character in my actual day-to-day life. You see the difference in that than some legalistic, law-bound version of rules and regulations? So rather than viewing the things that God would share with me from his scripture as things that he's using to somehow keep me in check or keep me from from doing, and I put this in quotes, what I'd really rather do. (laughs) No, God is revealing in me through behavior patterns and behavior choices his character and his nature. See, the fruit of the Spirit is just that. It's not a bunch of things. It's it's the fruit. It's it's the the peace and joy and love and mercy and kindness and long suffering and honesty and goodness and faithfulness and uh, tenderness and and tr- and justice and uh, all of that stuff that should flow from us. All those choices um, they come not through manufacture on my part, but through obedience in connection with what the Holy Spirit is teaching me and that they're designed to bless me and bless others. And so we can understand that behavior is not some burden for the believer. Burden is not some loathsome set of tasks, but behavior is the outflow of the Spirit in our everyday lives. Now, does that mean that it does not require discipline or or uh, stick-to-itiveness, or even sometimes really hard work. It absolutely does, but those things are done in cooperation and conjunction with the Spirit of God. And they're the most rewarding. When when we're doing God's will, uh, when we're blessing others through our behavior, and we're exhausted at the end of the day, it's the best kind of exhaustion. Because it comes from excuse me it comes from the most genuine um, type of exhaustion and type of effort it's a it's an others focused effort and why should we experience others focused effort because that's the kind of effort Jesus exerted you know Jesus walked around and he was absolutely in the father's uh, will he, he did and said and thought what the Father wanted him to do and say and think about every situation and in every situation. And yet there were times when he went to bed exhausted. And there were times when he needed to get away and, and pray. And there were times when he needed some time alone with his dad. Uh, and so his humanity did not reveal that doing the right thing was always 
physically easy or it wasn't mentally taxing, but it was absolutely spiritually fulfilling because it was the best thing for others. And I believe the best thing for Jesus. It was it was a it was a revelation of the Father's love for him and his actual everyday experience as a human being. And so when God calls us to certain tasks or certain behaviors or to avoid certain things or to run in a certain direction or to go after certain things, he's not doing that to somehow check us to see if we really love him or to hold us back from what we'd really rather be doing, you know. What he's what he's doing is he's establishing in us these patterns of behavior, these new patterns of behavior, these new thoughts about behavior, these new opportunities for behavior uh, and choices and attitudes and thoughts that mirror his character and his nature and bless our, bless others. And I think by in byproduct they bless us. Um I cannot tell you the number of times when I have gone to bed just flat out exhausted because I spent my day filled up doing things for other people. And that doesn't mean I did those things because I even had to. And I didn't do those things even because I was supposed to. <laughs> I did those things because I got to. Because it was it was an opportunity to experience the very active life of Christ in in action. I mean, that's that's why we're left here. There's a reason we're not just immediately translated to eternity in our physical being when we accept Jesus as our Savior. It's because there's a lot of cool things to do. Now, the unfortunate side to that is that the enemy and and even religious teaching can really kind of drag us down about our behavior you know you failed to do this you're not good at that you said this you shouldn't have said that and that's where that Romans 8 there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ really comes in to play because you know we can play this kind of religious game and we can pretend that you know we don't mess up we don't fail but I mean nobody bats a thousand nobody hits it out of the park every time um, even in our very best there are going to be areas where we're just weak or we're just forgetful or we're just, you know, whatever. And that's this is not excuse for moral uh, failure, but it is it is a breathing room to say, hey, I'm walking around in here in a human flesh and sometimes I'm going to get tired and sometimes I'm going to get frustrated and sometimes I'm going to get angry and sometimes I'm going to go get upset. And sometimes I'm going to say and even do some things that I'm not very proud of. And, and that's where we have to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. Because it's at that moment where the enemy can lie to us and tell us we're not enough. That we're not wanted and we're not loved and we're not forgiven and we're not graced and we're not filled with mercy. And he'll even convince us that whatever we saw in our flesh, whatever we saw pop out in our behavior, that's who we really are. You know, and he'll say, see, you're nothing but a, and fill in the blank, you know. And a lot of religious teaching will do that. And what we have to do is claim and reclaim and state and restate who we are in Christ. Hey, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. I'm a child of the king. Uh, I'm a son of God. And my behavior is, is, is lining up with who I am, who I really am. And if it's not from time to time, that's my old flesh. And that's a lie. And that's not who I am anymore. And that 
that's a temporary setback <laughs> in a life of victory. You know, it's a temporary setback in a life of victory. And so I would encourage you, if you're struggling with your behavior, to be honest and be real with God about it. Because if you're struggling with something and you know you're struggling, you're like halfway to defeating it. You're halfway to winning because you're acknowledging that, hey, I see something kind of popping up in my life that doesn't seem to line up with what Jesus would do. All you have to do is acknowledge that. Go to the Father with it and say, hey, Lord, and see, knowing that he loves you and that he's grace, give you grace and he's giving you mercy, you can go to him with open face. (laughs) You can go to him with open heart. You can just go no holds barred. Here's what I stink at. Here's what I'm not good at. You know, if that's how you want to talk to him, just, Lord, here's where I seem to be struggling. And what he's going to, he's going to remind you of who you are. And then he's going to give you, begin to give you strength in that area. But see, Part of grace, one of the good benefits of grace is when we need help, we can go to the one person who can give it to us. See, if we're religious, then if you've messed up, you ain't got no other help. You ain't got no other answer, you know, because you've you've messed it up with God. And so, you know, what do you do now? You know, how, how much, how do you fix yourself up when he's the only one that can fix you? And so the cool thing about knowing God's grace is that regardless of what today was like, um, I can wake up in the morning and we could talk it out, <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's uncomfortable and sometimes that's wonderful and sometimes that's a little squeamish and sometimes it's amazing, uh, but it's always welcoming and it's always gracious and it's always, you know, him revealing to us, here's, here's where we go from here, you know, and allowing his Holy Spirit to remind us who we are. I'm telling you, there's no greater impact in the world on our behavior than a constant reminder that God is not primarily concerned with our behavior. He is primarily concerned with us. And that our behavior matters to him because we matter to him. Because he knows how awesome it is to be honest, and he wants us to experience honesty. He knows how awesome it is to be loving, and he wants us to experience love. He knows how honest it is, how awesome it is to experience purity, so he wants us to experience purity. He knows how awesome it is to be holy, and so he wants us to experience holiness. See, God is for us, not against us. He's with us, not separated from us. He loves us, and he doesn't hold our sins against us. He has forgiven us, and he doesn't remember our sins anymore. And so because of that, he can relate to us in absolute perfection towards us in every circumstance. And desire that we could experience his actions just as we experience his life. And so that we can go out and behave in ways that God behaves. (laughs) I mean, think about that. That's mind-blowing. I mean, I know who I used to be. And I know my frame and I know my weaknesses. And that God would say, hey, listen, do you want to see what it's like to be like me? And so as we trust him and as we are obedient and faithful and disciplined... And those words mean so much more when you understand grace. That doesn't mean when we put ourselves in a little box and kind of uh, wall ourselves off from the world. But, 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 but when we're obedient in the faith, when we're constantly renewing our mind, when we're being um, transformed by the renewing of our mind, when we're constantly feeding our heart and our soul with truth, and allowing the truth of who we are to sink in, and then watching that behavior come out, man, there's nothing better. 
Guys, I was on the road for this week's podcast having to use the travel microphone. I hope everything got picked up and I hope you can hear me. Uh, We'll be back on our regular schedule and I'll have an episode up Thursday, Thursday afternoon. And uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it. This is Jason and you've been listening to episode five of the Gray Station podcast. You can find us online at thegraystation.com. If you're in the Vidalia area, check us out, journeychurchga.com for our times for our celebration service. And guys, I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. See you Thursday.